Welcome to War and Beast, the podcast that doesn't put you in the middle of the conversation. I'm Greg. I'm Emily, and I can't wait to talk about the first two episodes of Sakura Clear Card. I'm Jordan, and I'm looking forward to watching all of Sakura because I can't watch things out of order. I, I'm I'm Kendall, <laughs> and I'm not going to celebrate fascism as much in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yeah>. good. <laughs> Well, I mean, was we're reviewing Cardcaptor Sakura Click Card 1 and 2, right? Or, sh- no, wait, that's the other podcast I was on today. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Talking about Beast Machines. Oh, okay. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, you're, you're so busy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get up to stuff. From humble beginnings here to bigger <laughs> things. Aw. Well, I mean, that's that's not that's not very kind of this podcast to say it's bigger things other places. But well, more we, things. Yeah. The more things. Hmm. But this week we are reviewing Beast Machine Season 1, Episode 11, The Key. A lot happens in this episode. Yep. Like a large amount of stuff. Um, Been an interesting sort of way of things have progressed, but we'll get into it in the episode. Yes. Um, I'm welcome, by the way. I'm back. I wasn't here last week. That was a thing that happened. I I I listened to the episode. Seems like you guys did did good on it. Yeah, like, uh, I think we did. Oh, I will say though, um, Kendall, uh huh. You were t- you guys you guys had this big conversation about like, oh, I don't you don't think the models of the skeletons are the same because they look better, but like they had the models of the season one animal forms in the first episode of this, and they look great too. I think it's just that they have different shading and textures and skins because you can have the same model with a new skin and it can make it look like way better. So I think they probably were the same models. Because why would they remodel it? It's a skeleton. It's just a really simple model. They don't really need to like well, they don't, add more I mean, detail. They, but they don't look anything alike. Why? What do you mean? It's a T-Rex skeleton. The, how does a T-Rex skeleton look different than a T-Rex skeleton? It was because it's it was a fully formed T-Rex skeleton versus a pile of bones. It wasn't it was a fully formed T-Rex skeleton in the original? It I, was just like hanging out in a, in a rock wall. Yeah, it was like frozen in a rock wall. You just yeah. basically saw them. But it was shaped like a T-Rex as opposed to a random pile of bones. Oh, yeah. But you can split up the model and just kind of like, I don't know. I think it's probably the same. We aren't even we're, we're talking about the last episode. We haven't even Listen, gotten I just into this to episode. That one thing because it just, it, just, it just seemed like a like because you're right. They do look better, but modeling isn't everything when it comes to mm. like 3D renders. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Anywho, <laughs> other than that, yeah, um, Rhinox is a bad guy. Like real bad. Oh wait, sorry, Tankor. You prefer to be called Tank now. I do oh, not want to. Yeah. Yeah. But Kendall, what do we have in uh, this day in history? Okay, so um, uh, Saturday, December fourth, nineteen ninety nine. Um, Smooth is still number one. Still. Huh. Uh, wait for a third week in a row. Yeah, something like that. What song I is sort of feel like I've... Smooth by Santana. 
I sort of feel like Casey Kasem now that now that we're talking about that. Yeah. Well, I and this week once again, I go to this website TakeMeBack.to to steal their random stuff uh, for the for the day in history when I can't find anything interesting in the actual news. Um, so. Yeah, there's that. And then the other thing that I noticed was the number one movie is Girl Interrupted with uh, Winona Ryder, Angelina Jolie, and Whoopi Goldberg, which oh, is a yeah. uh, a good movie. Um, hmm. I Yeah. Uh, have you guys seen it? No, but I've Very heard, long time ago. Heard forgot, vaguely about it. I will say that I forgot what Smooth was and I looked it up and I'm like, yep, that makes sense. I remember hearing that a lot as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Girl Interrupted is about uh, Winona Ryder. I think she like tries to kill herself or something and gets sent to uh, an insane asylum. And uh, Angelina Jolie's one of the patients and Whoopi Goldberg's one of the doctors. And there's other characters. There's a fat lady. Oh. Um and uh, who's got like some kind of, you know, all the characters have like mental disorders and it's a very dark comedy sort of thing, if I remember right. Oh, so so it's a shows a true to life mental institute and how well the doctors are able to handle and help those with mental problems or something like that. I mean, it's it's more about I think it's more about uh, Winona Ryder uh, sort of realizing that she's not insane. She's just a jerk. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is a psychological drama film, according to uh, Wikipedia, but it probably has comedic elements. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been a while since I saw it too. I mean, it's definitely a drama, like it's definitely dramatic, but I think it has. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just want to like cut to a theater with like you in it and a bunch of other people, and you're just laughing, and everyone's just like <laughs> looking at you, like, "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> you know, you know, you'd be surprised how often that happens. I, I'm not surprised, actually. <laughs> the, I have been in situations. The time, okay, so so the time that that happened to me that I'm most memorable was when I saw the movie District Nine. Have you guys seen that? I've yes. seen District Nine. It's awful. And yeah, it's not well. I mean, it I, has some I, I, I thought the film was okay. Um, fun fact about District Nine, and if this is too blue, cut it out. But the first time I had sex was to District Nine, so that's fun. <laughs> okay, and now we know. <laughs> well, now we've got a timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No. No. Because that it was that. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, if, that's how math works. I was twenty-three, I think. Yeah. So what part did you laugh at during it, Kendall? Um, I, I don't remember specifically, but there was um, like like there was there was a there were a, there are a handful of like kind of gross out, super dark scenes in it that are just oh, yeah. like that are just like way too over the top. And it's like, yeah, I see what you were trying to do there, but you failed. And I started laughing at it because I was like, this movie is so bad. And the first hour is the most boring, terrible thing. And then it like switches gears and tries to be an action movie. And it, uh, oh, it's so bad. But the, but the, one of the people I was there with, he's like, no, you don't understand. This is hard sci fi. This is like that novel I read that time. You know, it was hard like sci fi. <laughs> a guy turns into a prawn in it. I don't know if that's hard sci fi. He may not have said when it's no. He he may not have said hard sci-fi. Hard sci-fi is like is like uh, extrapolating established science or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's Um, what I figured it was. It was no. He he was. It's a particular type of sci-fi that's like 
social commentary is what he was saying it was. I, I used the wrong terminology, but uh, I mean, who cares? Because it was from that book he read that one time. Like, yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's about like um, South African apartheid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I yes. mean, but it's still bad. Like, you, you know I what mean, I mean? Yeah, that's that's fair. If you, I mean, I, I personally enjoyed the movie. I do agree that it felt off. And it had like this kind of tonal whiplash in it. I do agree with that, mm. but I did enjoy it. But yeah, I just like I was I was so everybody else in the theater seemed to be enjoying it and I was not enjoying it. And I laughed at some inappropriate parts and I have a very loud laugh um, when I've gone to see movies uh in recent years when like I went with a group, but I bought my tickets at a different time and there were assigned seats. So I was in a different part of the theater that they, they could hear me throughout. Aww. You know, that's just, that's how I am. I know I seem very soft spoken on this podcast, um, but <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I wasn't able to find any, any more news cause I didn't look so very hard. I, w- I wanted to share a memory too, but then I realized that only one of them would, uh, of the two things we were talking about exists. So I remember inappropriate laughing at, uh, at a point in Titanic, but I'm not sure if it was loud enough to be heard. (laughs) Titanic. Uh, What was the, what, what scene, please. Well, okay. Basically, basically when everyone was scrambling and yelling and the the ship was literally sinking, you know, like people were like, you know, tense and and action and stuff like that. And, you know, we're, uh, we're at the part where like part of the ship basically breaks and goes, up end and then starts sinking like mm-hmm. you know goes vertical and then sinks yes uh oh, so you got those you got like the guy that's falling yeah he we, the, yeah he hits the he hits the tur like the turning fan yeah and, i think that's fair and well what's worse was that we were in uh, a new like new retrofitted uh theater that had very very good surround sound so you could really hear the ding when he hit it <laughs> <laughs> i mean like i mean like that seems like it's very dark, but it's also I can see I understand the slapstick involved yeah. in that. I think I, I'm I'm just glad you weren't like oh, oh the part where Leo DiCaprio dies. I think uh, my favorite part of Titanic <laughs> um, is when the astronaut gives Britney Spears the the necklace. What? <laughs> if you thought that joke was funny, you should listen to my podcast. That's what we called music. On the Kendall Cast Podcast Network. <laughs> I didn't get the joke. We'll move Bill on. Bill Pullman was an astronaut in another movie. And in Titanic, he gives Rose the necklace that they found. Okay. Actually, I was, I was referencing the Britney Spears music video for Oops, I Did oh. It Again. When the astronaut gives Britney Spears the necklace from Titanic. Oh. But, but him being Bill, but Bill Pullman being a, a, a uh, an astronaut. See, uh, I read too far in. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was Bill Pullman. I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the IMDb page for the Britney Spears music video. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, be surprised if it was the same prop, though. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, we are getting way off topic. <laughs> okay, but I do have actually some IMDb trivia on this. So I got one piece of okay. trivia. The concept cool. of the Vector Sigma computer and its key power to turn organics into mechanical matter reaches back to. Transformers 1985, the key to the Vector Sigma Part 1, 2.39. And Transformers 1985, the key to Vector Sigma Part 2, 2.40. And there are like a bunch of extra. uh, It's like he copied this out of like a 
like a DOS program or something because he's got a bunch of extra punctuation. Mm. Like, uh, like apparently the show was called underscore trans underscore quotations transformers quotations parentheses nineteen eighty five close parentheses and then one of those I don't even know what that thing is the key to vector sigma colon part two and then the other side of the I don't know what that kind of thing it's like the thing it's not a bracket and it's not a parentheses but it looks like those also curly brace probably quotation mark no no it's uh let's see if I can find it on the keyboard is it beside the P key yes it is uh yeah I I think it's I think it's called a curly brace I think that that makes as much sense as anything. <laughs> okay, never mind. It's it's that <laughs> I put it in the chat. Yeah, that is that makes makes as much sense as yeah. Um, let's see if I can find that. Oops, I did it again. IMDb page. Oh god, <laughs> it's very important. So there's a making the video. Oops, I did it again. <clears throat> IMDb page. Huh. Look, these episodes are getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> um okay no i think the i think the riveting podcasting right i think well, I the the, the astronaut in the video is was played by dave roundtree um yeah i think because it says his his uh character's name in it is hunk oh god and the the only the only other credited people uh, okay. uh, from the oops i did it again making the video is nigel dick as himself and Britney Spears as herself. Great. So, so there goes there goes our fact for uh, episode uh, seventy two of that's what we called music. Age well. That is that is a that is a an estimate. It is not an exact number. Kendall, are you just trying to get? Oops, I did it again. Stuck in all of our heads. I no, I it, I thought we were talking. I mean, this is this is the natural flow of the conversation. <laughs> Well, yeah, but. I've already gone into like oh. three different uh, other topics in my own head, but that's just me. So, so uh, what does the uh, what does the Britney Spears Wikipedia uh, say about <laughs> this episode, Jordan? So the TF Wiki mentions some continuity notes where Rhinox slash Tanker mockingly calls Optimus old friend, as in Beast Wars, Optimus good naturally called Rhinox old friend. That's true. And as the end of this episode. Tankor has established his own base of operations at the underground amphitheater that, up until last episode, the Maxwells previously has used as their own base since Fires of the Past. I was more thinking that, like, Optimus was, uh, Op- Primal was just kind of visiting it to to check in, like, not to stay there, you know, yeah. the Oracle, communicate with the Oracle. I didn't think they actually had a base there. Yeah, well, they did have the computer there at one point. Uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were definitely operating out of there for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Uh, uh, so con- we got a continuity error note uh, where it says the Oracle, the Oracle's security system is a bit lax for an ancient supercomputer. Uh, it can compa- apparently detect sparks and repel invaders accordingly, but its vaunted security system is completely bypassed by a small sparkless drone. Yeah. So if you have no soul, you can hack the supercomputer. <laughs> you see, you see. The Oracle doesn't consider a small one-man fighter as oh. a threat. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd have a tighter defense. I just want to say that I've been like reading. This is completely unrelated, but I'm reading through the plot synopsis of Girl Interrupted, like this kind of glazing over it while you guys have been talking, and it sounds incredibly dark. 
and dramatic, so it probably isn't a comedy. Probably isn't a comedy. I don't, I don't <laughs> no, know. I'm I watching mean, this. I'm planning on watching it this weekend. We'll see. It involves a girl committing suicide and then one of the other girls looting her dead body so she can break out. Wow. So that's pretty dark. Yeah, I mean, it's a dark comedy. But it's it doesn't sound like it's supposed to be funny to me. I, it sounds I like know. it's supposed we'll, to be very. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. I'll watch it. I'll watch it this weekend. Maybe it's so you. So you're thinking it's more of a a dark drama with some dark humor moments. It probably is. Yeah. Most movies have some bit of humor in them. Not not the overall idea is it being comedy. Right. I mean it's not a it's not a so. it's definitely not like a like pri- maybe it's not primarily a comedy. Maybe I don't remember it very well. Maybe I'm getting it mixed up with other Or movies. maybe you're just a sociopath you have that. <laughs> I'm joking. I mean, you do. I don't don't know. Anything, 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 any film about mental health has to kind of have an element of humor in it, I think. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. My wife, my wife also, I talked to her about it uh, earlier this evening because I saw that. I was like, yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. She was like, that's a really fucked up movie. They do a bunch (laughs) of really fucked up stuff in that. So maybe it's not a comedy. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. I will hear about it next week. Any of that was too dark for our listeners <laughs> too, because we're generally pretty. Uh oh, yeah. yeah. lose everybody. I lost sound for a second. I think yeah, same here. <laughs> okay, well oh, that was weird. Uh, I thought we just sort of left it at a dramatic pause. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I was I was trying to apologize for being pretty dark on here because that was a very dark scene that I that I just described. So sorry if anyone. Hmm. More more I'm I'd be more upset because it's kind of a spoiler. <laughs> I didn't say who did it or who did, did anything. It, okay. it is a movie from like, oh god, is it twenty? So yeah, so it's from before most of our ago? listeners were born. Jeez, I would have been with the trivia. Yeah, right. I would have been like sixteen or seventeen, so I'm feeling pretty old right now. So Aww. Transformers references we've got are the Oracle is revealed to be a show pro- program surrounding the original Vector Sigma supercomputer. Uh, a character, this is in quotations marks, which understandably, if you ever looked at the what Vector Sigma brings up on the wiki, that made several appearances in the original Generation cartoon. Mm-hmm. And naturally, this means that the t- t- uh, titular key is none other than the key to Vector S- Sigma, which, as Kendall pointed out, was in... Uh, very specific episodes of generation cartoons and a important plot device. And, uh, it's properties aren't quite the same as they were in the original cartoon. However, yeah, I, also, I seem to, I don't, I don't seem to recall being the same in the original cartoon. I would also want to point out that, um, the image of Vect, uh, you know how wiki sometimes have like, or and Wikipedia have like featured articles and they put like a little symbol on it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, picture of vector of uh the the spherical vector sigma uh computer is the tf wiki's uh mark of featured of featured articles and i don't mean from uh the 1985s i mean specifically from this episode the the Mm -hmm. the the bright colored uh like uh black triangles all over the place kind of thing so Mm. you know so the scene just right before uh, Guilty Spark starts uh, interfacing with it. Yeah, this is <laughs> so. This is an important episode. This is a very special episode of Beast Machines. <laughs> I am. I don't even remember what the name of the show is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, real world references. We got the the way that the mole 
drone hangar spins as it falls is an homage to the Wizard of Oz when Dorothy's house is spinning in a tornado. Yes, I noticed that too. <laughs> and then finally, as a tri- trivia note, basically, um, it mentions the use of a hologram and bas- and how it seems solid enough to actually be physically cut. Yeah, which is, a, which is an odd thing for a hologram. Uh, and um, they, and they think uh, like they they mentioned like uh, the you know the animation staffers that might have just done that for the sake of the fans. But it's still a little weird. Okay, <clears throat> all it is—it's one of two things. It's this is either Star Trek or it's reboot. <laughs> because because when it cuts it, it does like turn into data, but and not data from Star Trek. But <laughs> the first thing that came to mind is it's a—I mean, the holodeck. The whole point of the holodeck is that it transform transforms energy into matter. Yeah, and that's you know oh. so that's all that is. Hmm. Boom! I. I solved it. Thank you. Transformers. George Lucas owes me a dollar. <laughs> I I don't know who the George Lucas of Transformers is. That's, Ooh, I don't think a, there is one. That's an old that's an old Warren Beast joke from a long time ago that I brought. I called somebody Transformers. George Lucas. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's uh, all we have for on the TF wiki. Okay. All right. So with that being said, as we get into the episode, we um, even though it's not a multi part, like the thing I've noticed lately is even though they're like sort of like one shot episodes, we're still getting a, a sort of a last time sort of preview at the start of the episodes right now. Previously mm. on X-Men. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like- we are moving into a multi-parter now. Should though. I say cheese? I will vote. I will. It vote. had to be one of those two. <laughs> I just, I, just, I got, I got it, Jordan. I got you, Jordan. <laughs> I have a friend who really wants to make a smash cut of every single last time and and next time on uh, X Men, and it's just all the various times that Scott screams Gene and and uh, Wolverine screams Morph. Oh, <laughs> that would be good and it's like last time on x-men and it just it just has like like 20 minutes of that and then, like, and, then, and then the theme song or whatever happens after the song this one's for you morph <laughs> oh morph but yeah so we had a bit of a, a replay of what happened last episode talking about the seed uh that it was planted and a bit more, uh, you know, the revelation that Rhinox is going to essentially try and usurp Megatron, uh, that he agrees with the plan. Yeah, just Tankor, guys. Or, yes, sorry, Tankor. Uh, so after the preview, we have now cut to the Max, or actually, no, my apologies. We have Tankor first as the episode opens, who is walking along the sort of pathway towards the Oracle, and he has Guilty. I'm going to keep calling it Guilty Spark for now because I don't have a better name to call the drone. That's a good name for it. Yeah. Um, the the Guilty Drone uh, and <laughs> Tankor are talking, and the, uh, the drone is like, so what do you have as far as a plan for me? Hopefully not to get melted down because he notices the big wall of flame <laughs> that Tangor just 
sticks his hand into and does nothing. So at this point, I'm, I'm assuming the big wall of flame is just, you know, a hologram. It's a firewall. People. It's a firewall, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorely tempted to throw in the reboot. Like Do the, it. Yeah. Might as well. To, I will. <laughs> I should just I should just add it to my voice memos on my phone so I can just randomly play it at times. I need to I do I am gonna one of these weeks, if I feel motivated, I'm just gonna like watch some episodes of reboot and all the sound clips I play are just gonna be sound clips from reboot. Have we not done a bonus episode about reboot yet, by the way? Uh, because they took it off of Netflix. Beast Machines isn't on Netflix either. <laughs> yeah, but I actually bought the TV. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, Jordan yeah, and I own did. Beast we Machines. Did. Yes, Definitely. yes, we did. Uh, we all mm-hmm. did. <laughs> I I bought the DVDs, but okay. You can't. Actually, we'll get to that later, Kenny. Because <laughs> I saw, I saw the picture. I just said that we all did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, so we have um, the the drone and Rhinox who are approaching the Oracle. Uh, Rhinox, I keep calling it Rhinox, and it's supposed to be Tankor. I apologize, Adam. It should be Tankor. Yes. Tankor literally leaps at the Oracle. Uh, you know, was like just trying to jump in there and get all that. He was surprisingly spry. Yeah. And it is a very large leap for for uh, his for his body type too, though. Yes, like a large, heavy tank. Mm. But uh, don't jump real hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happens next is absolutely yeah. Because he smacks into the orb of the oracle and is just thrown completely off. Get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> and it is hilarious because he gets thrown back and skids to a stop. And we then hear the Oracle. Did anybody notice that the voice of the Oracle in this particular instance almost sounded like the computer voice of Megatron's computer from Beast Wars? Yes. Okay. I'm glad the I same, wasn't the only one. The same uh, general female voice yeah. that they use for, for the uh, the Dark Side's computer. Yeah. And uh, the Oracle says it's an unauthorized spark. Maybe the, maybe the, the Oracle was manipulating Megatron. Ooh, maybe. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Mm. In the in the computer, yeah. Yeah. So uh Reinhux or Tank War rather. God, I'm gonna be doing that the entire episode. I now. mean I mean Marv Wolfman created the character and he is a yeah. villain. Yes. I think it's probably okay to call him Rhinox. Yeah, I think you should respect people's names now. Yeah. His character, but yeah. yeah. We'll 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 go with Tankor. I will I will do my best to make sure that I call the character Tankor. I think the worst part though is that uh, even though he's you know says called himself Tankor and stuff like that, I don't think they actually ever hardly you know like they hardly ever say call him out by name anymore. Like yeah. I, like, I know Optimus does, but he refers to him as, as Rhinox. Rhinox, right? And. I mean, and that's when he goes like it's Tankor now. That's what he says. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I don't remember them saying uh, like directly to him when they're talking, like referring to either or. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, but it's have, what I'd they're going for is is a 
is a Vader Anakin Skywalker thing. Like, yeah, he's called yeah. he. It, Rhinox is the good man that he knew. Tankor is the monster that he's become. Yeah, and yeah. so and so they're still sort of a that name has no no longer has any meaning for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, also I don't think uh, he's still kind of keeping quiet that uh, his his he's gotten like full consciousness of who he was uh, from before. So like not even, I mean, from Megatron and the other Viacons. Yeah. Oh, that's true. He may just want him to call him Tankor so that that they don't realize it. Yeah. So that the other Viacons don't realize it. That's a good point. I I feel like he's embracing his like, because Rhinox was like an organic and he doesn't want to like be an organic anymore. He just wants to be like, all robots. So I feel that that's him embracing that new identity because of him rejecting his old biological form. Oh, that could be too. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I think it's, yeah, I think that's what it is myself. Hmm. Hmm. It's it's going to just, it might just take us a while to remember to say because of the voice. Yeah. I think, I think that's the other problem is we tie Richard Newman to Rhinox so dang much. Yeah. Who does so, Tankor's voice? Is it still Richard Newman? Like the Tankor no, voice? No, or is that a Tankor guy? voice was actually a, another person. Okay. It was it was weird. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure why they did, did that, actually, because I thought it would be kind of neat if it was Richard Nor- uh, Newman. I guess they did that both. with all the other ones, too, though. I mean, yeah, you're sure. right. Yeah. yeah. All different voices. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what... Tankor decides since he can't access the Oracle is maybe a being with no spark whatsoever can access it and proceeds to throw the guilty spark drone at the Oracle. Which is ironic that he's called guilty spark and he has no spark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I do like his comment. It's like, Oh, I see where this is going. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, there's, I can't decipher this. He he flies in and is confronted by the Vector Sigma computer. Uh, it proceeds to spin around. We get a big flash, and then Guilty Spark is thrown out. And Tanker's like, the key, did you get the key? And so the drone starts beaming this code directly into Tanker's face. He's like, this, this is just code. This won't work at all. And just as he says that, the drone creates a key and attaches it to his cannon on his shoulder, which really um, makes this look like reboot. Yeah. Yeah. It does look a little weird. And for some reason, the Oracle, like it almost looks sort of like a hologram initially. And then the Oracle makes it solid, like real, like we see this energy come out of the Oracle and then, you know, the key glows as it's still in the, the cannon and, Okay, so now he's got a key. Apparently, we'll the Oracle's okay with this. Well, see, that's because it just—he basically just put the code. Uh, Guilty Spark just put the code right there in front of it, like right there. Yeah. The Oracle is just a computer, so it's like, oh, the key code's out there. Well, I guess that means that that's where they want the key, and they just zapped it out for him. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, we then cut to Night Scream as uh, he's holding a skull. The last poor York. Yes. And he sounds really Canadian here. He <laughs> <laughs> sounds Canadian? Night Scream. York, when, eh? he's, when he's talking, he, and he's like talking to the 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 skeleton the head. He sounds really Canadian. He's got like a really thick Canadian accent. 
I need to hear this because I I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Yeah, of course I mean, we don't have a sound clip. Yeah, I I, I, I almost I almost played this. I almost saved the sound clip, but I was like, no, that's not. It wasn't long. It was. <laughs> he only says a few things. I don't know. I was I was thinking maybe something important will happen in this episode. He does. I will start collecting sound clips of when Night Scream sounds really Canadian because I yeah <laughs> I, I, I can I can't even hear him right now because like Skype is so much louder than. The browser is, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, there in I think it was last episode. There was a there was a scene where he sounded really Wait, Canadian. The the browser that I'm watching the DVD I have on. I was just about to correct you. <laughs> yes, I'm like, I'm like you mean the DVD player? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yes, he he's holding up the skull and he's like, "So what happened to you guys? I wonder. Was it some big?" natural disaster that took you out or was it a bunch of big bots that were just like yeah we don't want you organics here anymore and greg Which, that's a perfect that's exactly how he sounded that accent <laughs> god <laughs> other tis better in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against the sea of troubles and by opposing and them all right, Dinobot. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we you did you did forget where he was like. Now I'm gonna go to Tim Hortons a boot. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yep. And get some maple syrup, eh? <laughs> Play some Aki. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, there, bite. Some all dressed trip <laughs> chips and ketchup. Some don't forget the ketchup chips. I don't like ketchup chips. Yeah, but the, they get don't some, have those in America. Get some cheap. Sure, all dressed chips are good. I probably would like ketchup chips. Nah, they're not bad. They don't really taste like ketchup. They taste, I don't know, weird. Not my not my jam. Well, no, because ketchup was a jam. That'd just be weird. How dare you? Like tomato <laughs> jam. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, uh, wait. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Mm? No. Yes. Okay. Go. <laughs> My yeah, first sound so. clip is coming up, but it's not. We're not there yet, and I was like uh, trying to okay. remember how far, how close it was. If it was like okay. the very next mm-hmm. thing, or so we we then turn our attention to Rat Trap, who is working on some sort of a dice a device. We're not exactly sure initially what it is, uh, but it turns out to be a drill. And he and Night Scream are manning this drill, sort of operating on either side of it, uh, sort like of like one man train cart. Yeah. Push cart. Yeah. With the the up and down, back and forth. Mm. And we then see the other Maximals. Cheetor is pulling uh, like some sort of a cart himself. It almost seems like Black Arachne is helping Optimus with hanging some some lights. So it would appear that the Maximals are attempting to start some sort of a grow up, uh, so to speak. Only this is uh, going to be for organic trees. Uh, but Cheetor is kind of upset. He feels like they should be doing something else to stop Megatron instead he, of trying to. He's not trees. He's not a big fan of organic organic trees. He thinks that traditionally raised trees are just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so 
the rat trap sort of gets stuck in the middle of this is sort of going on throughout the episode. This is so ridiculous. Like, I don't like Peter doing this is like, okay, fine. But I'm like, are you both children? Like, stop. (laughs) Yeah. It truly is like a, uh, uh, sitcom moment where like you know Cheetor is like tell Optimus and, yeah, and, and then Optimus is like, right Cheetor. there he's like tell Cheetor who's right there because they just don't want to talk to each I, other not even to mention the fact that Rattrap's the smallest Transformer so there literally could be like no less distance between them yeah <laughs> I mean yeah I, I I think I wasn't paying that much attention to it but uh Actually, it's interesting, uh, the dynamic, because for most of the episode, I don't like the dynamic between uh, Optimus and Cheetor, but I actually uh, kind of am starting to agree with uh, Emily's assessment of Cheetor's character here, uh, because Emily, you've you've always mentioned that Cheetor is becoming like Nightwing, and this yeah, does very much feel like the the sort of bickering that, that Dick Grayson would have with Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, in it in, in you know as he's becoming nightwing or once or even once he becomes nightwing like i think that i think that sometimes if you're as as somebody as a student becomes closer to their teacher's level of and starts to realize the flaws in their teacher kind of both of them can get a little bit bickery yeah. um and they've all been i mean they just they don't have anybody else to hang out with right now. So I can just, I can totally understand why they're like constantly around each other. And I, I don't, I don't yeah. mind them bickering. I just think like, I couldn't imagine Batman being like, Tim, tell Dick that he's an asshole. <laughs> like, I, don't know, like, <laughs> I mean, it depends what version of Batman, but <laughs> I mean, it depends who's writing. I feel like Batman would just like give Dick the cold shoulder and not like tell Tim to tell Dick stuff like i don't know <laughs> maybe i'm wrong Tim, tell richard he's being a dick i mean <laughs> like i am a dick I that's I mean, my if, name <laughs> if chip sadarsky wrote batman that would certainly happen i'm sorry i just like the the dramatic voices we're all using <laughs> it just it tell, reminds me of one of my favorite commercials tell, avenger get birdman coffee tell my friend that that's a stupid plan <laughs> where's the trigger Where's the trigger? Swear to me. <laughs> I love that part actually of that movie. Swear to me is a good line. Yes, yeah. it is. But yes, getting back to the episode at hand. So we have Rattrap who's like, hey kid, do you want to trade places? And Nice Green's like, uh no. <laughs> but just as he says that, we then have a rumbling that occurs as they pull the drill out of the ground and we get this green it Rattrap's like, hey, we struck a Greenish ooze. Yeah, it's good. And so this sort of liquid. Yeah. (laughs) So the it flows out, and we then see some. uh, I want to say saplings. I guess although they're a bit bigger than saplings, they're not like full fledged trees, but they're not like super duper tiny yet. They're like they're like vines. Yeah, just about. But they they've sprouted up like, from this this liquid. They sprout like uh, kudzu or whatever that is. Yeah, and then we have quite possibly the most metal entrance I think we could ever see <laughs> Tank or do. <laughs> Where? Well, he is made of metal. Is coming yeah, here's kind of here organic core is returning life to our world. Too bad it won't last. Uh, 
Stand down. What do you want, Rhinox? The name is Tankor. But your dark chamber still holds the spark of Rhinox. You enjoy history, Optimus. Ever hear of the key to Vector Sigma? An old Autobot legend. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I know that a lot of that is visual, but uh, <laughs> I there's they don't talk a lot in this episode. <laughs> I um I I also like that like you kind of heard an audio clip there of them all kind of bleeding in together. I am transforming. Yes. There's a quick little yeah. montage of them transforming, and I I like that. Yeah, that that's good. that's really why I pulled that audio clip. But then I just did a little bit before and a little bit after because it was a little too mm-hmm. short. But uh, yeah, that yeah that that montage of them doing I am transform is the is like one of the coolest visuals. Like this episode, they did a lot with the visuals. Um, yeah. And yes, Tankor is pretty badass. Yeah, because when when he says that, he is literally driving through a hole in the wall, launches himself into the air, flips while he's transforming from tank to robot mode. Flips itself before yeah he transforms, so it's kind of yeah yeah. So it's almost like Daredevil tank flipping in the air, then turning into a robot and then landing. And again, yeah. that's 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 my that's a that's my bread and butter for Transformers is shit like that. I love that yeah. shit. But uh, yes, we do we do have a a bit of a face to face confrontation between Optimus and Tankor and the other Maximals. Um, the other Maximals initially want to go on the attack right away. Optimus, you know, tells them to stand down to hold on. Uh, Tankor, uh, as we heard in the sound clip. Uh, the key to Vector Sigma is a cord- is apparently a legend, only he's using it and he blasts all these vines that have just sprouted up and they immediately start to turn into this sort of techno-organic matter. Uh, so rather than being like green and lush, it's like this bluish, almost icy appearance. Robot plants. Yeah. yeah, because they become robot plants. They don't, like, yeah. have, they're completely, becoming completely technological rather than like... Uh, these organic plants. Yeah. And uh, so Tankor uh, then oh, he missed a good line because he's like, because he says like it's a, it's a legend, but then the next line with Tankor is like, guess again it's cold, hard, reality and it's like yes. zooming in as he says that onto the key. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm bad. I was, I did a bad job today. I It's okay. Oh. <laughs> it's, okay, it's okay, Ken. But uh, so Tankor then aims at Optimus to with his next shot. Uh, Night Scream uh, takes it upon himself to jump in the line of fire and gets blasted. Do Night Scream, being a hero. Yes. And which, you know, sort of goes to show how, you know, the difference between last episode and this episode, because, you know, last episode he was like, oh, I like being on my own. And then at the end, we had that sort of connection between he and Optimus. And that sort of paying off here where he literally risks his life to Takes a bullet for Optimus. Yeah. Uh, but almost immediately he, we see him like writhing in pain as his, he's sort of shifting between organic and techno organic. Uh, well, like no matter. Yeah. yeah. Techno matter. Like, like he, he already is techno organic. He's yeah. becoming like full techno. Yeah. He's just full he's on like, like beats. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> 
Um, but and with like every time he changes, like he'll go from "Please don't hurt me" to "I'm gonna tear your circuits out." Yeah, sort he, of he, deal. Keeps, he keeps Crazy having like personality changes. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you've ever been really, really constipated. That's kind of <laughs> how he is for most of this episode. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't do it so much here, but it happens throughout the episode where he, yeah, he starts going like kind of split personality thing. Uh, what I do like that happens next is Red Trap's like. I'm gonna get ya! He just runs at Tankor and like just just gets wrecked. <laughs> yeah, just like, bounces off of him. He's like, do anything. He just like dang. stands there. Red Trap like bounces off of him and is all like, "Have you been working out?" <laughs> 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 it's really good. <laughs> um, we then have um, Optimus transforms into his robot mode, and Tankor is sort of preparing to fire again, only. It seems as though his weapon starts to malfunction and he screams out overload and we get yeah. this bit of an ex- it there's a bit of continuity error I found with this also because uh, all the Maxwells he, transform back into their beast mode and then we get the explosion and t- tank war you know falls over uh, his drones appear as well as guilty spark to take him away and all of the Maxwells are back in their robot form already. All of them? Yeah. Oh, Even I Optimus. Um, I was going to say, um, I, when this happened, when he like about the shit him and falls over, I just was kind of like, oh, that took care of itself. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when when uh, when the drones oh, burst right, through yeah. the wall. I'm seeing it now. Yeah, oh, and just... you see Optimus. Also, a laser hits a dinosaur bone and doesn't do anything except really make a two fall. And I'm like, this is some pretty weak ass lasers. If it can't break like a skull yeah. or skulls some are pretty very... strong dinosaur bones. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. These are Cybertronian dinosaurs. Don't forget. Mm, yeah, maybe. I guess. Kind of like the idea of the lasers just being shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, the lasers do manage to blow up their drill. It got lucky. Yeah. Maybe they're uh, anti-techno lasers. They're they're weak <laughs> against organic matter. That's the real reason that Rhinox wants to turn everything techno so he can shoot it. <laughs> Those cannons but, are very do- uh, multi-purpose, though. I mean, you saw in the in the one scene when they drag Tankor away, they literally yes. the ca- the cannon because spl- the way the cannon's made is like there's three prongs. Yes, and they actually like spread apart and and grab him with it, so they actually act like fingers. It's almost like a claw from a claw machine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they latch on to Tankor's feet and start dragging him away as Cheetor tries to give chase. Only he's knocked back when the, the drill is, is exploded due to the fire uh, that's coming from the other tank drones to sort of, you know, cover their escape. Um, Cheetor transforms back into his cheetah mode as the other Maximals transform back into their beast modes. And Guilty Spark sort of, you know, looks back and then escapes. And then the the Maximals have to contend with Night Scream as he, you know, is shifting back and forth and, you know, going from really crazy, like, uh, I'm going to tear your eyes out to please don't hurt me. And we get uh, a bit of a moment where Optimus uh, sort of nods to Black Arachne and she manages to get Night Scream into one of her webs and it immediately turns into, you know, technological technological web also and they're like oh great he's contagious so what are we going to do now i mean i immediately thought i had splash him with the with the organic stuff that made the made the trees splash him with that and then 
they do that, and I was vindicated. Yeah. Although apparently, with only a little bit, it's not a permanent effect. Yeah, yeah. Because what happens is it seems to more or less stave off the the full effects for a little bit, but you know we sort of don't know how long that's going to be. Although Night Scream initially thinks, "Hey, I'm cured," and then it's like, "Oh no, no, I'm not." <laughs> Never mind. And then they should have tied him up immediately again, but they don't. Yeah. Um, the, the goo sort of recedes back into the ground at that point and, uh, it has fulfilled its purpose. Yes. So right this, now, this, this dirt is incredibly absorbent. Yes. <laughs> I uh, hope the ooze we, was getting absorbed by the, by the technoness, like, like it was oh. using, like it was drinking, like the techno stuff was drinking it to make it not techno. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. It just shows it like sinking into the dirt. So, yeah, it almost like it flowed back into the hole. Like it's like, OK, we're out of here. We're done. But even like when they when they get like a little bit on the ground, it like immediately yeah. sinks into like the dirt just because it yeah. looks really goopy. But if it was water, then like, yeah, OK, it gets soaked in fast. But like, but this looks almost looks like thick. a it almost looks like a gel or. Yeah. You know, something a little bit less viscous than water. Mm-hmm. But so we get argument number two between Optimus and Cheetor at this point, because uh, Optimus wants to tra- track Tankor's signal so that they can find the key and try and reverse the effects of whatever this is. Meanwhile, Cheetor's like, no, we need to drill down to get the, the liquid again. And so they're having a bit of a bickering back and forth. As leaders are wont to do, uh, Optimus orders uh, Rattrap to try and track uh, Tankor's signal, which he's not able to. And then we then turn back to Optimus, who is sort of, you know, in his meditation pose. And he's like, yes, I can't sense I can't sense his spark either. I fear he may be offline for good this time. (laughs) We do have a bit. Yeah, it's, it's confirmed. Never coming back ever. Yeah. So, at one point in this episode, we get to we'll eventually get to a point where Tankor's dead and uh, both uh, Black Arachnia and um, Nighthawk, whatever his name is. <laughs> Night Scream. Um, Nighthawk for the bat. OK, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever his name is. Uh, uh, both are like infected and they're it's like they're going to die. And I was like, what is this? The. The Transformers movie. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make room for the toys. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. I mean, it is. We are getting toward the end of the first season, so you know, <laughs> they could kill off the whole cast and bring in new ones. I don't know what the future holds. I'd be very upset to kill Black Arachnia. <laughs> Me too. If only because I really enjoy her walk animation in the Spider Force. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> it, I would not it have. Makes me last every- I would not have put it past them to kill off Night Scream. I mean, it it doesn't really make sense because he's the new character, but I would not have put it past them. Um, I think killing off Black Arachnia and Night Scream would be a little bit much, but also they killed off too many people too fast in Beast Wars, too. So, I mean, who knows? Oh, uh, just an off little note. I want to mention that uh, in Transformers Forge to Fight, the G1 Megatron's ultimate attack, has a point in it where it's very reminiscent of him just coldly shooting Ironhide on the ship. Like, 
it just the the framing of the of the move and him pointing the cannon down just feels exactly like that from that movie. Mm, good stuff. Okay, what happens next, Greg? <laughs> Hello? Oh no, did we lose Greg? Oh Sorry, no. I was on mute. I forgot I was on mute. Oh okay. I had to blow my nose and I forgot I was on mute. Oh, I um, I turned it off. <laughs> So Rattrap mentions that it's going to take three or four cycles to get the drill up and running again. And Cheater's like, no, we've got a simpler plan. We can just get one of the mole machines. And Optimus is not keen on that idea because of Megatron. Uh, but Cheater, you know, is essentially like, look, we can program the the drill, this mole bot, and not have to worry about Megatron. Like, Rattrap can do it. So... They're sort of resigned to finding this bot. Meanwhile, we've cut back to, speaking of Megatron, we cut back to the Citadel, and we've got this almost funeral-esque situation going on where a bunch of the tank or drones are on uh, floating platforms, and tank or himself is on a platform sort of laying down. Uh, Guilty Spark is hovering over him. Megatron asks what happened. Uh, to which uh, Guilty Spark is like, I'll run some tests to find out. And we see him sort of, you know, we do, do the, the closing, closing eyes thing. Yes. But on a robot and it's good. <laughs> which is essentially, you know, apparently there was a visor that could cover Tankor's little scanning eyes. Oh, that that's before. what that was. I was like, yeah. why are they giving glasses to Tankor? <laughs> Because yeah, that's it, what you do in, in Cybertronian depths. They give you sunglasses to put on yeah. the corpses. That's just how it is. Yes. So obviously when they recycled Dinobot, they had given him sunglasses beforehand. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to get recycled with honors. You get the sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, now uh, do you think that maybe um, – oh, I figured it out. I figured out why – that just occurred to me. I figured out why we had the old version of Rat Trap at Dinobot's funeral. He had a he had a little he had a cold and it caused him to de evolve. <laughs> sure. Like a lighter version of the of the virus. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, from here we've cut to the city and we have Optimus, Rattrap, and Cheetor who are running through. Uh, Cheetor's sort of taken point at this time and has found one of the mole bots as it's driving into some sort of a warehouse or facility. Uh, just as they start to approach, we then have a bunch of cycle drones who attack and give chase to the Maximals. Uh, they split up and Rattrap and Optimus go around one side of a building, while whereas Cheetor goes around the other. And they sort of meet in the middle on the opposite side. Cheetor and Optimus both transform and then leap up into the air at the last possible second as the, the drones crash into one another. And, of course, you know, Optimus is carrying Rattrap when they leap up into the air, too. Um, From here, we see them sort of hanging off the edge of this building as uh, (laughs) Rattrap is just, you know, sort of being held in midair. We then cut back to, to Megatron, who has been watching this all go on. And he starts to activate something. We see a bunch of electricity shoot, sort of shoot off from his talon hand. And then it flows out from the Citadel. We see 
these this white light sort of emanating through the city and we then see a through the city streets yes and then we see like a, a bunch of monitors that optimus and the others are able to see uh projecting megatron's face as basically he all the windows on the buildings become monitors yeah. oh i gotta wake up there's a sound clip <laughs> were you asleep <laughs> no but i was i'm tired i know with my canadian accent it can make people sleep Megs or his generals try to control those drones? Oh, well, they'll get us a busy signal. Let's adopt us a mole. Fortunately, the fate of my world is not dependent on drones alone. More visual stuff. Yeah, so apparently a Cybertropolis means that all the buildings can fly now. <laughs> yeah, he's well, throwing the city at them. Buildings are now, it's, it's completely modular and movable, and he can now yeah. completely control those modular movements. Yeah, because we see some of the buildings start to move, uh, giving chase to the Maximals. Uh, some are sort of Unfortunately, they can't rise, the air. Uh, rise or lower to avoid angel attacks. <laughs> it's it's even more, it's more, this is more reboot. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is so, like, I love it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I am, oh. I, I enjoy it, but it is like. They have just at this point abandoned all pretext of this taking place in a physical world like they are in a <laughs> they are in a, in a computer game. Well, like and I, I do like how Cheetor mentioned earlier, like Megatron's been quiet for a while. I guess he was just doing this yeah, the whole time apparently. where he made the whole city like automated and now he can attack them with buildings. It's mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time Megatron is like cackling on the screens as he's just watching the Maxwell sort of futilely running around. I, so, I do I, like oh continue Jordan first. Okay. I was gonna say I did like the point where he says like fortunately I don't have to rely on drones myself, you know, alone. Like mm-hmm. th- this is like a backup plan. Like he doesn't just have to have minions. He has full control of the city. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> Okay, so the part that I'm commenting on is that I do like, like he's he, he blocks them off of a monitor. He's like, ha, 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 ha. and then Optimus just jumps through the monitor. He's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna say like, that. He's that, like, I, that was my I, next. I didn't think of this. What am I supposed to do? They go inside the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say totally defeats the purpose when he just when they just jump inside and you realize he can't do anything because he can't it's see really them. Funny. Yeah. They're in the building. Now what am I gonna do? I can't attack them with the building they're in. It's so funny. It's, yeah. I was surprised he used that that that, that, that he considered jumping at through the screen. Like uh Yeah, it's some weird love- it's some weird <laughs> stuff. It's some weird stuff. So the building that they happen to leap into is the one that's containing the mole drones that they've been looking for. Um uh, of course, with that being said, all the mole drones start attacking them. Uh shooting at them with these sort of machine guns. Yeah. They I was wondering, like, are they physical guns? Because Optimus does not try to absorb them at all. So I wonder yeah. if like, they absorb energy weapons. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing that the the impression that I got was that they were that it was physical. 
like that they're actually bullets and not energy blasts. Although uh, you would think you would think that maybe Optimus would be able to find a way to absorb the kinetic energy inherent in the bullet and make them harmless, but maybe that's yeah. not a thing you can do. Yeah. Um, they they managed to hide behind some piping as the uh, as the the building's still sort of floating around in the sky. Um, we then have turned our attention back to Black Arachnia as she's trying to to help Night Scream. She's managed to gather what little of the goop is left into a small container. And, you know, she's going to try and give it to to him to see if it'll help him a bit more and try and calm him down because he's still very much, you know, erratic. And unfortunately, because of that, at this point, he starts to actually chase her. And at one point tries to get really, really close. She leaps out of the way. And as she does, the the container drops to the floor. The goop spills out and then is absorbed into the ground. So that's her, you know. It happens so fast again. Like, yeah. It's like whoop. And, um, and she gets dinged by Night Scream. And now she is also. Well, there's a little. Out. Yeah, there's a chase scene of bits before she gets well, dinged. But yeah, that's I, what it I, ends I, with. It's because it's Greg flipped. Because you don't actually see the, the stuff absorbing the dirt until after she gets hit. So mm-hmm. I figured you were oh, just Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is one part of the the whole whole chase where uh, she manages to avoid him, and Night Scream somehow manages to crash through the ceiling, and we yeah, have like this giant hole. Boy. Yeah, it, yeah, Techno Matter is very strong. Yeah, and so Black Arachnia has to like chase him through. Uh, she's walking on the ceiling as he's flying around. Uh, he manages to knock a rock almost on her and then he you know crashes into her and gets her infected mm-hmm. we excuse me uh we then turn back to uh we cut back to, to cheater going ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then he strikes a pose but yeah, then the whole building's shifting around as the moles are attacking and then a, gr- a girder manages to fall on him and knocks him out that was weird because like the girder doesn't look like it hits him like you see the yeah and then it like is falling, and then he acts like he gets hit, but you don't actually see it hit him. It's I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, it was a little weird. And then we get Optimus who manages to tear up some of the floor uh, to use as a shield. It's you know it would have been handy if they had one of those shields from Beast Wars here. <laughs> yeah, the riot shields. Yep. But uh, so he manages to use a, a piece of the floor to to use as a shield to give himself and Cheetor cover. And then Rod uh, Trap uh, utilizes this as a sick ramp and does some sweet stunts. Yep. <laughs> it's good. He manages to land on the back of a mole and starts to try and take control of it. And it looks almost like a, a rodeo scene as he's trying to hang on for dear life as this thing is like bucking all over the place. We, we do get a pretty cool scene, though, as that occurs where we cut outside the building as it's sort of floating in the air and we have sort of like a faded in view of Megatron sort of like almost like giant size as he uses, as he moves his hand uh, as if he's actually pushing the building, like he's doing it mentally, obviously, but it's kind of cool to see that representation of it. And that he's using, he's sort of like tipping it over. Like he's using his hand to tip the building over and then um, we see the moon. Yes. That's what I want to say about this scene, but uh, just give me a moment. Yep. Cut, cut out, cut out the weight. <laughs> do, 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 do. 
That's the one that they use on Let's Plays, isn't it? Oh, no, I don't know. I was just... Uh, it's blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was a pretty cool. It was a pretty cool effect, I thought. Uh, the building does start to tip over and we see random. Wait, 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 I'm still getting. OK, yes. OK, so I have I have again, cut it out, whatever. Um I thought of a very specific thing the whole time they're all falling out of his building and and Optimus is holding on to this thing and everything well. We can fly! We can fly! We can fly! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> then the song just blared into my head because I'm like, you can fly! Yes, <laughs> like, that was a thought that crossed my mind as well. <laughs> so I was like, I expected some totally spies. Come on! You can yeah. fly, Optimus! Stop! Ah! <laughs> Yeah, because he's holding on to the edge of this building uh, and holding on to a, an unconscious Cheetor. As these drones fall out, Cheetor regains consciousness. Optimus is losing his grip. We then see Rattrap, who's like, all aboard, as he rides a drone off the edge. Uh, Cheetor starts to fall, then Optimus, as they transform midair. How they manage that mole drone? Yes, and this is where we get the most Wizard of Oz ass <laughs> falling, building, spinning like a top in midair. It looks exactly like the house before it falls on the Wicked Witch. Um, the drone lands with the Maxwells on it and starts to burrow into the ground, and the building then lands on top of it. Like it misses them by, you know, inches, so to speak, and Megatron is pissed. But yeah, it, it was so Wizard of Oz. Not even funny. All it was missing were feet to curl up. Pretty much. Uh, Jetstorm and uh, Thrust, of course, are like, oh, don't worry, boss. We'll get him next time, sort of thing. And Megatron's like, oh, no matter. He's like, I have a spy amongst their midst. And, of course, it's the mole. Uh, they they managed to crash. Uh, get enough. it? The mole? <laughs> yeah. It's a mole? Get it? <laughs> funny <laughs> the they managed you just to because bless did, you if you did i did just sneeze yes i i apologize no worries i just wanted to say bless you to make sure i didn't forget <laughs> okay so th they managed to burrow back into the chamber uh and they get off the mole and as soon as they do and rash traps not connected it's to it revealed it to be a mole <laughs> <laughs> yes because it starts attacking them again I do like the the slow the slow t turn of it. Like they're arguing again, Optimus yep. and Cheetor. And in the background, you can obviously see the drone just basically turn its like turn its face with the gun yeah. uh, poise right at them, and then just lets lo loose at them while they're still fighting. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, we then get uh, Nightstream and Black Arachnia flying back through the hole in the ceiling. <laughs> And I can just feel Ratchet being like, this is just fucking great. Yeah, because <laughs> they're both like, cackling awesome. menacingly as, <laughs> as they're getting shot at. And Ratchet's like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got uh, Cheetor and uh, Optimus have a little bit of an argument again. But Optimus you know, decides, you know what, screw it. And he runs for the, the drone. He's like, just do it my way once for yeah. fuck's sakes. <laughs> and then like... Yeah. Yeah. He tells he's like, him, just he tells keep him, him distracted. To, he tells him to like 
to secure them, and then yeah. he goes and drills down. Yeah, and Rattrap is immediately cornered by Black Arachnia. Uh, Cheetor, he has a skull land on him, and so he's sort of trapped as Night Scream approaches him. Uh, but just as things look dire, we then see a, a, another geyser of this goo erupt from a hole. Um, the ratio, the size ratio looked a little weird at one point when the mole pops out of the hole. Uh, it looks, it, it, you see it sort of pop out and then you see Optimus pop out as well, but he looks giant compared to the mole, which is sort of behind, I don't know. The aspect ratio was a really weird, it was kind of jarring. The way it's like the perspective, I think more than anything, because there's no reason why it should be. Because, yeah. again, they're just models. Like, they just... Exactly. See, it, Someone... it, yeah. It just so threw think, me off I think it's just bit. perspective, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the the resulting eruption uh, is able to change Black Arachne and Night Scream back permanently. Um, as well as the trees that they grew. Yes. And then almost immediately, Optimus and Cheetor start to argue again. And with Rattrap in the middle. And Rattrap's like, you know what? I'm tired of being the middle mouse. Okay, and I got this clip. Walks on. Okay, <laughs> and this is actually I think this one actually isn't a visual gag that I only captured in audio. <laughs> okay, that Lucky for us, he came to his senses and helped us bring back that mole. That mole nearly destroyed everyone and everything we fought for. <laughs> like Tankor would have been more cooperative. What do I look like here? Ham radio? You got something to say to each other? Well, you can just do it without the middle mouse. Look, you've got to start respecting me. I'm not just some kid anymore. I proved myself while you were off with the Oracle. You really think this team needs two leaders? Right. Fine. Glad that's settled. No, it's not. Some problems aren't that simple. I do like Black Rack. Yeah. No, it's not. I I really wish she hadn't even followed it up. I almost in the audio clip just ended it with no, it's not. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's how it should have been. It's so great. But that that interaction there is the most Batman Nightwing thing. You know, he was like, you know, I, I, I did a good job while you, you know, I came into my own and, and managed just fine while you were, you know, while you were indisposed. Yes. And, you know, and he says, yeah, but some, do you think we need, do you really think we need two leaders? He's like, no, I guess not. Like, (laughs) yeah, sort of resignedly, you know, realizing that this is an argument that. You know, he's not going to be able to win right now, unfortunately. And the Night Scream's like, okay, I'm glad that's perfectly settled. Now we're yeah. not going to, this is not going to be an ongoing issue at all. Mm. Night Scream's very much more a Jason Todd than a Tim Drake, I should say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Night Scream is a, is a, <laughs> is a Damien because he's annoying. <laughs> I mean, Jason Todd wasn't a great Robin either. He, he's great as a Red Hood, but as Robin, he's kind of, well, I mean, he was, he it didn't really I mean he was he was Robin in the seventies and early eighties. I mean nobody was good at being Robin then. <laughs> like Dick Dick Grayson's Robin stories, unless they were, you know, modern, like DC Comics in in that era were bad were bad. So, you know. I I don't begrudge 
I don't begrudge Jason Todd. And, uh, you know, Jason Todd, I always say Jason Todd was Robin in my favorite Superman story. So give him some credit. I, I will. I mean, like, it's just it's just a way that, like, at least how they characterize Jason Todd as Robin now. He was like, because Damien's like super dark and edgy. Like, he's full on dark edgy. Well, Jason Todd was more like he's got an edge to him, but he's like trying to be not so bad but he's keeps like letting it shine through and he's a bit immature and he's like reckless. That's kind of like Jason's whole that's, thing. Yeah. Well, that's, like, I mean, they, is that's like, how he, that's how they have kind of retconned his character to be. I'll, I'll, I'll grant that like yeah. suggesting that, uh, but da- no, I think Damien's de- defining characteristic is that he's annoying. Like he, he does have that like little bit of, I want to be a little bit more violent, but mostly he's written, as he's too young to be Robin, so he's very immature and uh, and very annoying, um, and I and and very sort of uh, got like he's kind of got when he's written well, he's got kind of an inferiority complex that's actually kind of interesting. But and and all of those things I think are are where I see what I see similar in in Night Scream, especially especially seeing. Cause I, I don't know. I never thought of, I never thought of Tim Drake as looking up to Nightwing the way that, oh, I do. the way that, uh, the way that you, that, um, Damien, cause when Damien was first Robin, he was working very closely with Dick Grayson because Dick mm-hmm. Grayson was Batman. And so they have, they have a certain bond and a certain dynamic that is unique to those two, whereas yeah, I mean it's it's different, but Tim Drake still like looks at the Robin a lot, and the fact that like he was a Robin fanboy who became Robin, like so he thinks bat. I mean, he thought Batman needed a Robin, but he was a. I felt like he was more of a Batman fan from uh, well, from like he, the whole reason dying. he like finds out that that Rob that Batman and Robin are who they are is because he recognized Robin doing a acrobatics trick that only Dick Grayson can do. So I feel like he focused on Robin a lot. Like he was there when Dick Grayson's parents died. Mm. Like he was kind of like he's he like it's different. It's definitely different because like Night Nightwing and like Dick and Dick and Tim are like friendly brothers, while you know Damien's like the little brother who's annoying but looks up to like the big brother kind of thing. But like is like dad's lame <laughs> kind of thing. While Tim just just gets along with everybody because Tim's great. I don't mean to cut this short but we've got like a minute left on this episode i think i'm done yeah Yeah, i mean we need to we need to we need to talk for at least an hour and a half more though so we've got a minute (laughs) and an hour and a half so Mm -hmm. so yes we we then cut to uh the tank drones as they are carrying tankor's body uh they they stop in this sort of in the ruins, I guess you could say. And <laughs> Guilty Spark tells the drones to leave. Uh, then, as it turns out, dun, 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 Tankor's alive. I I like how Tankor faked his own death, but I think it's stupid that apparently it was a hard light hologram and not just, like, a drone that he, like, yeah. took yeah. over. Like, why? What? What? Just make it be a drone. Like, I don't... Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it, couldn't he just... Yeah, the TF Wiki was literally like, couldn't he have just done that? You know, yeah. like, one of the thousands of other drones that practically look exactly like him? Well, couldn't exactly. he have just did a, a hard hologram? <laughs> I mean, that also looks exactly... That already looks exactly like him. I mean, you know, 
I guess he did because no one would expect him to do it. It just seems like like an unnecessary distinction. To and make that's why no one would ever realize it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because he would yeah. have to. He would have to alter the drones because the drones do look different. Why yeah. did he even cut like the gun off? Because well, it's just light. Was he removing the, yeah, was he removing the, separating the code from the key? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yes, the, he, he, he makes mention that now he can work in secret without the interference of Optimus or Megatron because they both believe that he's dead. And as, as the episode ends, we sort of zoom in on his eyes as we see the key spinning in the reflection of his eyes. Spinny spin spin. Yes, and that's the end of the episode. So, yep. th- thoughts on the episode? I, I liked it. I mean, I like it's a continuation. I found it kind of interesting that they threw in uh, Vector Sigma and the key to Vector Sigma and all that, too. Yeah. And and uh, I'm still a little odd about how it works, though. Because mm. I'm not sure what the techno matter actually... I mean, like, I guess we're supposed to assume that it's just all mechanical or or technology of some sort but it's it still looks a little weird but then again this is supposed to be like year like centuries or so after the g1 so i don't know maybe just the tech is that i guess what i'm saying is that i would like to see some more techno organic creatures like we did in the transformers movie yeah yeah ken m what did you think it was it was fine it was a good episode i guess yeah it was good it's, it's it's a first part of a three part, or it doesn't really feel like a first part. It felt like very standalone, but yeah, it didn't feel any more like this is a part of an episode than like say the last one, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um. Actually, it's interesting because IMDb has this as the first of a three parter, but the DVD doesn't have it as a, as the first of a three parter. It's just yeah, just, the DVD yeah. that I have has it as a first of a three parter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so anyway, um, but, but no, the, uh, so yeah, I, I suppose it's interesting. I, I did feel like it just felt like the next chapter in the story. Um, Mm -hmm. I I actually kind of felt like this was the weakest episode we've haven't had in a while. I can sort of understand that because it's, it seems like it bounces off like the first, I want to say 10 or maybe even 15 minutes weren't too bad, but then the latter half of the episode just seemed to bounce back and forth a bit with some things. And it just seemed a bit jarring to me too. Yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't bad. It just, it just, I, I mean, and stuff happened, but like also not stuff happened. Like not a lot happened. The mm-hmm. Megatron bit in the middle was like really random. And, yeah, and I, I, mean, it, I liked it. Like, you know, yeah. I like the randomness. I like the, and then, but yeah, we've just, I mean, I think they've gone too far with the with the re, with making it just be reboot. I know I, I I promise I will I will slow down on saying that it's just reboot going forward because I think now it, now it's just it's just constant like physics don't matter and and that's fine. I mean that's probably where Michael Bay got the idea, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know I I it it doesn't feel like it's. Like I liked in the first batch of episodes, I liked that it felt like it definitely felt like it was a digital world and it was and it was this alien place. But now they've taken it even further 
Mm -hmm. to the point where where what did just seem like this is not Earth. It's a it's a foreign alien world and there's weird technology that does weird things. Now it just it doesn't even feel like it's taking place in a in a physical space. It feels like it's taking place in in a computer. And even though I don't mind uh the hard hologram idea, especially when he cuts it and you see that it like goes down to like just the vectors of it, it just really, really, really feels like they just wanted to make something that takes place inside of a computer again. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. But I promise I'll I promise I will stop mentioning that. I mean, I'll slow down on mentioning that because I do feel like I'm repeating myself a lot. <laughs> All right. So we do have a news post from Casey this week, as well as a few questions. Uh, so why don't I tackle that news post and then we'll answer those questions and then we can call it an episode. So, as usual, our news post is provided to us from at Lady K Hirsch on Twitter. Uh, She opens up by saying, hey there, beasties, congrats on maximizing people's Mondays. May you ease people's work weeks for years to come, especially since the Maximals are clearly having a case of the Mondays this week. But enough of that. Let's see what news we have this week. First up, IGN has gotten confirmation from Hasbro that their Transformers contract with Activision has expired. As as stated in the article, and I quote, Hasbro confirmed to IGN its contract with Activision to publish Transformers games has expired. However, Hasbro is... Because I haven't gotten them yet. (laughs) Yeah, because they are no longer available to be able to purchase on any platform. that sucks. They should stop doing that. They did that with X-Men games, too, and that pissed me off. Yeah, that so you can't lame. buy it. You can't buy it from the PlayStation Store, Steam, or the so Xbox. Like all the Store. War for Cybertron games, I just like I'm glad I bought them. I guess when yes, you still could. Well, even so, the even the the most recent one, uh, Transformers Devastation, you can't get that anymore either. Yeah, God. Yeah, which is God because I can't get the others. Yeah, that's weird. So, I don't mind Activision not having a license anymore, but they should still build a sell the game yeah i don't think they 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 removed it from people's uh things or anything like that so it's not like that so if you had bought them or gotten them at any point they're still part of your collection so it's not they haven't gone that far thank and you can still and you can still download them if you had previously purchased them yeah and play them it's just that at this point there's no way to get any New you copies. can't go you out can't, and buy. If you, new yeah, if you did not have oh, a copy, I get it. I just it just yeah. sucks. So, you guys, this <laughs> is actually a this is actually a Warren Beast first. I knew that before the podcast. <laughs> uh, the, the quote does go on to say uh, Hasbro is not at this time discussing what, if any, plans it might have for Transformers games on PC and consoles in the future. Multiple mobile games, including Transformers Forge to Fight, are still ongoing. However. Uh, Casey goes on to say, I could see them doing a Devastation sequel with Platinum through another publisher at some point, though who knows what their next move will actually be. Uh, she goes on to say, up next we have some hot and fresh images of MPM6 Ironhide from his toy show reveal as discussed last week. She does provide us a link to some of the uh, the pictures here. Uh, once again, the team behind these Masterpiece movie figures absolutely nails it. It's weird. Uh, she goes on to say, I'm not into most of the movie designs in motion, but they consistently look amazing as masterpiece toys. 
though Ironhide's head is still weird and ugly. I, I'll agree to that. I didn't think I'd want this one, but I'm feeling that heavy temptation. That being said, I wish there was even a remote chance that we'd get a that we'd be getting a re- red redeco of him to match his G1 colors. That, yeah, yeah, that would be kind of cool. I like the I like the images, but like I said earlier before when I was pointing them out, is that the, yeah. the truck the truck design looks different from the robot design. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's something to do with the fact that this is like the prototype production model. Yeah, so that's what that I would guess too. Something's yeah. M- MPM is my favorite season of Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, and so <laughs> you this a loud laugh you were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> So Casey goes on to say, next up, we have the full voice cast for Machinima's upcoming Power of the Prime series. Uh, notable new additions include Mark Hamill as Megatronus uh, or Megatronus Prime, a.k.a. The Fallen, a.k.a. The Guy with the Worst Name. <laughs> Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal. Jamie King as Solus Prime. G1 Grimlock voice actor Greg Berger as both Grimlock and Volcanicus. Mikey Way, uh, my brackets, romance. yeah, my chemical romance is bassist as Snarl and friggin' Samoa Joe as Predaking. Wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, she goes on to say, I'll admit, while I'm interested to hear Mr. Perlman's take on Primal, I'm a bit disappointed they didn't get Gary Chalk since they have Peter Cullen doing G1 Prime. Yeah, that uh, would have been pretty cool to see Gary yeah. and Peter Cullen go off. Yeah. That would have been pretty sweet. It would have been. Uh, Those two should be in a project together, she says. We also got a tweet with what Megatronus looks like in this series, which seems to be a G1-ified take on his Michael Bay pseudo-Egyptian appearance. Um, He made an appearance in the final episode of Titan's Return. Um, I won't spoil it for folks. I've seen it. Uh, I did recognize Mark Hamill's voice in it. I thought it was a good job. And certainly the character looked, you know, decent. Uh, certainly the series as a whole is a bit weird because they're like 10 minute episodes and it's only online or on their, uh, on machine or something like I, that. Have you watched any of it? I haven't. I, I have. I, I've seen, I've, I've seen most of the episodes now. Uh, it's interesting. The final episode, I was a bit surprised the way that they took it. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see where that leads. It certainly left a lot of questions leading into the final chapter with power of the primes. Um, but overall, I'm, I, it has some good moments, but then there were some others that were kind of head scratchy for me. So, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Casey goes on to say, speaking of the movies, for a limited time, you can download the last night's soundtrack directly off of Paramount's website for free. She does provide a link, so I'll make sure that I have that up uh, on Twitter this week uh, so that folks can can click on that in case anybody's interested in getting some free music downloads. Uh, The score is being given freely to the public so that it will be taken into consideration during the upcoming award season. So if you like the music from the last night, go download it while you can. And for our last story this week, we have a new masterpiece Beast Wars surprise. This time, it's everyone's favorite character, Shadow Panther. Yeah, I, I don't know who this is either. <laughs> and she goes on to say, and now I know what you're thinking. 
Casey, don't you mean Ravage, the Decepticon turned Predacon for the three-part finale of season two? She goes, of course I don't, you fools. How could you have not? How could you have not heard of the beloved Predacon spy known as Shadow Panther? This odd fellow is a huge Decepticon history enthusiast, a massive nerd about Megatron in his inner circle, and a total Ravage fanboy. His intense I can't. his intense phone nostalgia for what he views as a golden age of Decepticonism differs from the usual brand of bitterness and pain most other Predacons feel about their ancestors and their failures. While his eyes are especially susceptible to bright light, what he truly blinded by is his fanboyism science oh, okay yep. never mind it's fanboyism <laughs> yeah she then goes on to say okay okay fine i'll give you a bit of an in real life explanation i like that version better yeah back in 1997 takara released a black redeco of cheetor called shadow panther with him clearly being a separate character from ravage or jaguar as he's known in japan three years later in 2000 toy was offered to American fans through the now defunct Hasbro collectors.com website with, a, with an authentic Japanese collector card. It was initially listed on there with the same name and bio it had in Japan, but several months later was relisted with the name Tripredicus agent. The name Hasbro was using for ravage at the time since they didn't have the trademark for his real name at the time. The profile for the character remained unchanged due to its vagueness. What's stranger is that Hasbro later sold the Japanese Rhinox versus Shadow Panther 2-pack on that site as well, but with the name back to being Shadow Panther. It's all very confusing. So yeah, long, sounds like it. Yeah, <laughs> so long story short, there are two separate characters who both happen to be black repaints of a Cheetor body, but enough about obscure character history. Let's talk about the actual toy. Uh, MP34S Shadow Panther is, like his original toy, a Lockery Deco Cheetor. In addition to the body part weapons and swapple faces, eyes included with the original Masterpiece 34, Shadow Panther includes a new battle mask accessory that references the mutant head gimmick of the original toy, as well as the two communicators Cheetor used in the episode The Web. Oh, so like those... Yeah, that yeah. R-band thing. Yeah. So as cool as this dude looks in robot mode, I wish they had maybe just slightly remolded the beast mode head to be less distinctly cheatory. That being said, she understands why they wouldn't. This release is clearly them trying to get their full money's worth from this mold before they eventually have to upsize and heavily retool it into Tigertron. So, um, she- just uh, just for the record, uh, yep. cheatory. Uh, is what uh, we described a particular play style when I used to play Magic the Gathering for people who cheat. <laughs> I think it was Magic. It might have been Star Wars cards. I don't know. You can always spot them. Mm. Yeah. You would say, and also we would call cheating. We would call it cheatoring. <laughs> so it sounds like sounds like defamation against cheator to me. <laughs> <laughs> so Casey goes on to say, if I were them and had to choose between retooling the beast mode head of an obscure character or doing as much justice in replicating Tigertron's TV show appearance as they with Cheetor, Tigertron is easy and the obvious choice. That being said, she has some plan on getting this guy. Now, if they do a, a masterpiece transmetal Cheetor and retool that into actual Ravage, then she's fully on board. But who knows if when that'll happen. So that's all for this week. 
Casey goes on to say that she could use a hot bath and some warm green, warm green goop right about now. Eh, to throw. Fun fact, one of the <laughs> accessories that Masterpiece 36 Megatron comes with is a key to Vector Sigma. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asks, what would you shoot with the key to turn it cybernetic? She, gets, she then finally says, okay, hope you all have a good week and don't have Rat Trap interface with you. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, I didn't even mention that. The line where he's like, oh, Uncle Rat Trap just wants to interface with you. I was like, yeah. no! Don't say yeah. that. Yeah. There's a reason we weren't talking about that. Yeah, I was I was trying to avoid it. <laughs> Bad. Never see it again. <laughs> so, what would I turn cybernetic with a key to vector sigma? Hmm. Um, probably I do like a body part, like one of my arms, maybe. Well, first, first, I'd want to eliminate all of my organic impurities. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would like to do that too, but I don't trust a, like a one-done kind of thing like the key to Vector Sigma. I feel like you would just become all taken organic and got shot with that. You can't just like, you can't just like, you know, save this yeah. part. Is take no. Yeah, I don't think I'd shoot anything to be honest. <laughs> um. I like trees. They're cool. I don't. I don't need. I don't need a. I don't need a metal tree. What do I need that for? You know. So I'm, I'm gonna stick it. with. Would it have metal fruit? What was? What's the use of that? Well, I <laughs> well, mean, then, it'd be pretty. It'd be pretty metal. If it's an apple tree made of tin, then you can have a snapple. <laughs> what? That was <laughs> the sound of me face palming. <laughs> okay, it's well, like one of my favorite, favorite <laughs> obscure XKCD jokes. Hmm. Yeah, so, I yeah, I would pure. definitely. I mean, I would definitely. Yeah, I would just. I would make myself. Or I feel like. I feel like the the vector sigma, uh, kappa gamma, whatever it's called. Um, it would. Uh, I mean, I would pledge vector sigma, but um, but it would. Uh, I feel like you could, if you wanted to, you could, you could do whatever you want with it. Like it's. It feels like it. I mean, Rhinox wants to turn everything techno. I mean, I haven't seen the two-parter in, like, six years when we get to it. Uh, we can talk about that. Uh, but, like, I kind of got the vibe that it's, like, you can do whatever you want with it. It's, it's like, a crazy power source, so you could I wonder if you could make blades into with an animal or something. <laughs> I don't know. What did you say, Jordan? I said, I wonder if you can make glazed MacGuffins. <laughs> oh, my. I would want to know how those taste. I had an egg MacGuffin this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, anyway. that's enough. <laughs> what do we have for questions there, Jordan? Okay, so uh, a while ago, I noticed online someone asked, and so they, not the user, I think, but I found it on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, username, by, or a person by the name of Mick, uh, MacGyver, meh, as in M-E-H, also known as at Andrew Nadia, something, anyways, they were wondering, if a transformer died, could you just use his body as a regular car? Like respectfully, though. I no. <laughs> uh, it, it would almost be like a weekend at Bernie sort of situation. I think <laughs> that'd just be wrong. I think I well, feel like I suggested actually reusing parts of Dinobot's body because they said they recycled him, and you guys were like super offended by that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, still, I still don't like the idea on his card. Jeez. I bet there is something like that, like an organ donor card for for like robots. 
like the Cybertronians, and and that's fine. I I'm an organ donor myself. Mm-hmm. I honestly um, think the situation depends on it. I think even uh in in the Twitter thread, someone pointed out in one of the recent comics, Prime kind of had had to actually use one of the a like offline's uh comrades uh robot mode to basically crash into and even then it was considered like it wasn't it wasn't the most uh optimal of situations basically he like he didn't really want to he didn't actually want to do it but it was basically like you know it was the only thing he only choice he had at the time or something so i guess it's kind of like i guess i also don't think a dead transformer would run at all i feel like as a car i yeah, I mean, it, I think it depends on just how much of the of the car they are. Like, is it just a fa- face mill and they, like, need Energon to actually move? I yeah, mean, that's the sort of gas? thing that's hard to say. I mean, what makes them themselves is the spark. So if right. you remove the spark, everything else could function. I mean, it's not powered by the spark. Well, yeah, sure. If, if you had, like, spark extraction, then maybe the car would still work. But if a Transformer is already damaged enough that it's dead, it probably can't work as a car either. But, True. like, what well, if you, yeah, what if you like, just took the shell and you put it over an existing car? Like, respectively, though. <laughs> Who was it in uh, Transformer Prime? Was that Silas that was uh, that kind of did that with Beatdown? I think, what was his name? Damn it. Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! Because basically, he he made a robot oh. suit out transform out of one of the transformers, and even then, like they were little, ri- like little pissed off about it. Yeah, you know, didn't he make like a, an Optimus body or something? No, I don't think or so. I'm thinking of a different character. Well, it's like yeah. a tribute. It's not an offensive. Yeah, I'm a, oh, I'm no, on he board. Did, no, he he was a jerk. He uh, that's the that's the thing though. Like it wasn't. That's what made it worse is that he basically was doing it for power and they kind of knew it. And it was just kind of like basically they could tell that he did not care at all. And it was kind of disrespectful in and of itself. Yeah. Like, like it's like, oh, well, I, 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 you know, like this things and I wish to make my own things, but I'll just use this by their. It was more like these. I will become better than these things and use their own technology against it. Kind of yeah, jerky way of doing it, I guess. You know, what I mean, like. They mm-hmm. could tell the intent wasn't benevolent. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> what's our next question? Uh, so Fudge, Age of the Geek, BB, Dammit Hardison, Cassidy, once again at uh, at what is cosplay asks us if the beasties were on a cooking show, what would be their signature j- dishes? Both beef, beast forms and human, or beast forms and human foods. Uh, and then they also asked, aren't most grapefruit spherical? What's the weirdest fruit in your opinion? Uh, this is because of in the question post I mentioned the spher- a spherical grapefruit, which I was really just being redundant in in the super- the adjectives I guess mm. descriptors. Um, I think Tankor just because of his past would have some. I think his would be like some sort of a bean casserole. <laughs> um, I think Dinobots would be Dino steaks. Mm, yeah. yeah. And sort of the, the sort of that you would need toothpicks for after. Yeah. Night Scream would have a microwave burrito. <laughs> would he have a Hot Pocket or a Pop-Tart? No, no, a microwave burrito. Okay. Like a burrito that you microwave. No, Rat, Trap would, <laughs> Rat Trap would be the one that would get a Hot Pocket. Yeah, I could see that. Or garbage. Like just a, yeah, just, like a, yeah. just like a trash can. 
to a hot pocket. And I, you're like, yeah. I don't understand. Why doesn't anyone <laughs> like my food? <laughs> I mean, obvious for you might have even said it already, and I was just distracted. But Optimus and a banana split. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah. Um. Um. Cheeto would make some kind of a seafood thing, like you know. Well, see, I think he would get the recipe from his uncle Chester Cheetah and make a bunch of Cheetos. <laughs> Me- Megatron, make Cheetos like party snacks. <laughs> yeah. Megatron would have a very elaborate birthday cake. Hmm. Yeah. Me- Megatron from season one through three would have a big steak because he's a you know an apex predator, mm-hmm. but. New Megatron would be like, I'm not eating because that's what organics do. <laughs> I'll just sip on this Energon shake. Thanks. <laughs> Black Arachnia um, would that's have a deer. That's the one I'm sort of hung up on. She wah, would just wah. have a deer. <laughs> a deer. Just a deer. A deer. Yeah. <laughs> and her filters would adjust. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that's like literally what, because that's literally what uh, Tarantulas had. So, eight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So next question. Okay. Well, they also remember they asked, "What's the weirdest fruit in your opinion?" Oh, the weirdest fruit. Uh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I always I found star fruit to be kind of weird. Just in appearance wise, I'm not sure. Starfruit. I don't even know what that is. At least I think that's the fun. Is that, isn't that the fruit from like Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> Like, what is that one fruit that just smells absolutely horrible? Like, I mean, that's well, part of um, the one I'm thinking of is is called a it's called carambola. a carambola. Yeah, yeah, it looks but it's good. also star fruit. It doesn't look that weird to me. It looks like a um, it looks like a lemon in the shape of a star. But one smells one smells bad. You said it, but tasted. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just one of those weird things where like the smell is made to basically draw certain creatures in and 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 uh deter others from eating it mm-hmm. um. i guess the weirdest fruit that i actually know of which isn't even that weird is kiwis because they're fuzzy but i personally eat the skin so whatever <laughs> i'm kind of weird too yeah, po- pomegranates are weird yeah those are kind of weird too are you thinking of a durian jordan yeah that must be what i'm th- yeah. yeah i think that's what i was uh, yeah. Cassie has informed me that durians taste horrible, but I don't know if that's oh. true. Well, I don't know if that's true. I, never, I, I do never, know I've that they smell terrible. I mean, people eat it, so people must like it. But yeah. mm-hmm. I know that five durians is like the best recipe in Breath of the Wild for like a healing item. You get like 20 fake hearts and you get fully healed. So that's really good. Mm. And all it is is five durians in a pot. I need a Jeez. recipe in Breath of the Wild to make it run on my Switch instead of my Wii U. <laughs> I was then about I would, to say... Because then I would play it. <laughs> it's going to say Mandrake Root, but I think that's a vegetable, so we can't count that. Why Durian is banned is something people ask. Is it banned somewhere? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know that. Probably in Modern. Am I right, Magic the Gathering fans? <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's banned on a Singapore Rapid Mass Transit because it smells bad. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Don't don't bring smelly food onto a transit thing. Yeah. Also, if you got that Magic the Gathering joke, don't talk to me because I don't want to talk to you about Magic. I don't play <laughs> Magic. I hate everything uh, about it so much. I just wanted to say its order is best described as turpentine and onions. Garnished with a gym snu- sock. Ugh. So that's good. 
Huh. <laughs> so that that's the now the weirdest spirit is Durians. <laughs> fuck, fuck Durians. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, we have a question from Ryan Butson. Yay! What do you all think the organic goop is? Like, is it water and microbes or some sci-fi mambo jumbo? I would not be surprised at this point that it is alive. I think it's all the unsold gack. (laughs) Yeah, because this is at the end of the 90s. So they had a bunch left over. Had to go somewhere. Well, I mean, I mean, you could say that if if uh, if Beast Wars exists in the same world as Nickelodeon promos, you could say that it is slime because slime canonically in the Nickelodeon studios tour is a natural resource that comes out of the Gat geyser, Mm -hmm. but it's slime that comes out of the Gat geyser, but it's raw slime. That's why it, that's why it just seems like it's just green water. Do you think maybe that what happened was, Eventually, mankind at one point decided we no longer need this on the planet and decided to load it up on a rocket and shoot it out into space and through some sort of not knowing how well of a fertilizer it was. Yes. (laughs) And somehow miraculously, it traveled back in time, crash landed on prehistoric Cybertron and is now some sort of (laughs) a miraculous organic source of nutrition. I think you're forgetting the point that at some point it actually kind of circle back around and then everyone had to make a giant uh, garbage rocket to bounce it back and that's how it got sent back in time. <laughs> yes. That would work. Okay, I guess it was called a slime geyser. I thought it was <laughs> called a gat geyser. Because gat geyser is alliteration, so you thought yeah. it sounds better and that's why you thought it was that. Yeah. So yeah, there's my theory. So slime comes from a geyser. It's just a theory. Thanks <laughs> for listening. <laughs> Damn. I've got Nickelodeon's Wikipedia. I got the Nickelodeonopedia um, <laughs> up for slime. Slime, a usually green, semi-viscous substance that has been synonymous with Nickelodeon since its introduction. On you can't do that on television. It is typically dumped on a person's head in an act of either humiliation or celebration, <laughs> in an act called being slimed. On you can't do that on television. Saying the phrase "I don't know" would result in the speaker getting slimed. Slime has been used on every messy game show on Nickelodeon in some way, shape, or form, and has become a staple of the Kids' Choice Awards. It's simply a mix of vanilla pudding, applesauce, green food coloring, and a little oatmeal. Ah, huh, I never knew that. Wait, that means, oh, that's right, it's edible. Yep. I, I actually remember them saying that before. Okay. One of yeah. Nickelodeon's trademarks was the Slime Geyser, a fountain located just outside of Nickelodeon Studios, which would spew the goo upwards every 15 minutes. In its early days, it would shoot forcefully enough to get those standing too close slimed, though the pressure was reduced in later years. The fountain was removed in May of 2005. (laughs) That's a tragedy. Mm. But it didn't. But I remember that because I visited it twice when I was growing up and the 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 slime geyser, what it was shooting was actually just it was green water. It wasn't. like it was water yeah, with yeah. green food, green food coloring. It wasn't actual slime, which was pretty yeah. disappointing. Mm-hmm. Well, does anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? I will plug Game Apartment One C again. I also mm. want to uh, Jesse Cooper started up some of his uh, podcasts again, including a new one called Crypty Crit- uh, Creepy Critters, which is a podcast about cryptids. Cool. Yeah, I'm actually hoping that I'll get the guests on that at some point because I like cryptids as well. No, I'm sure you'll have, have a chance there. 
Cryptids are like are like mythological creature things, right? Yeah, like Crypt- big cryptozoology kind of thing. Yeah, like Bigfoot and um, cool. I like the Jersey too. Devil and uh, what's what was what did they think Champ is from the the who now he lives in one of the Great Lakes, you know, um, kind of like the American version of Nessie. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> and also, I would like to remind that uh, They See Me Rolling has started up a little bit. Uh, like, it was a little bit kind of off and on for a while because someone's computer broke. But they're back I mean, again. I was going to say, let me know if they ever talk about the Ogopogo and that cryptid one because that's a it's a local one. Okay. I yeah. wouldn't. I think that is... I'm trying to remember what the next... Like, the first one was the Jersey Devil and the... New one's out, but I forget what it what it was about. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they see me rolling. Started up again. Uh, they're kind of like in a new like a new chapter thing, which is kind of cool because they kind of, due to reasons, had to literally jump dimensions, and so now all their characters are basically in different bodies. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious. Like all their characters are in different bodies now. Yeah, I haven't re- listened in a while. I should get back yeah. on that podcast. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Skunk ended up in an avian that was just a owl avian and spent like the first five minutes just saying who. Good. <laughs> that sounds like Skunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's it seems to be uh, kind of starting to be a little bit more regular again. So if mm-hmm. so, that's kind of good too. Was Jelly Roll the other the character that I liked that was. Uh... That, the person guested on our podcast. Yes. yes. Hayden. Awesome. Hayden. Okay. Hayden. Sorry. It's fine. I, yeah. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Em? Do you have something um, you would like to plug? I, yeah, I would like to plug the other audio interview shows that I do. Um, you can find me on uh, Home for Mental Losers, uh, Teenagers of Attitude, and In Pursuit of Passions, which should have a new episode up soon. I've edited it, but I haven't uploaded it because reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool oh don't forget you have your uh your uh oh yeah i'm gonna be on i'm gonna be on uh what like your your in twitter your yes stuff. your twitter yes and also i'm gonna be on a back of cast for like a little bit yes. i'm only on for the cockpit sakura bit but like yeah i just recorded that today so that'll be fun uh, and, I, and i apparently will be on it in future episodes to talk about cockpit sakura so that's th- i'm really down with that because i love that sh- show um and yeah, you can catch me on Twitter at this is Emeralds. Cool, Kendall. How about you? Uh, so um, you can find everything I do at KendallCast.ninja, uh, the main podcast that I'm actually uh, re- posting regularly right now. Is uh, that's what we called music, uh, song by song review of uh, the that's what now that's what I call music uh, series of uh, CDs catalog whatever musicness. Uh, recently, uh, I posted episode six and seven for all my life by Casey and Jojo and never ever by all saints. Uh, that Casey and Jojo song. I love that song. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think we get, we get off really off topic on that episode and talk about our Pepsi CDs on that. So it was a good, it was a good episode. (laughs) It was a good episode. It went like 15 minutes. Um, (laughs) which is long for that podcast because it's a shorter mm-hmm. podcast because I record four episodes at a time. Um, and upcoming songs include if you could only see by tonic Mbop by Hanson 
and Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Poppin' oh Daddies. Oh, God. Oh the worst fucking band name in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty bad oh band name. Um, also, uh, it's a very bizarre. Uh, the Zoot Suit Riots is a thing from history, and it's kind of a bizarre thing uh, to write yeah. a happy swing song about. Uh, but if you want to learn about that, then you can listen to uh the that's what we called music it's uh yeah it's a fun it's fun we're all uh uh lots of lots of shameless nostalgia <laughs> uh as always you can find us on audioentropy.com uh if you want to support the site and the various podcasts that we have there uh, we do have a donate link up along the top any money that's donated uh just goes to help running the site and help offset some of the costs for for Joel who's one of the hosts of Teenagers with Attitude and Digimon Digital Moncast. Um we did also recently have the uh Let's Play panel happen at Pack South. Yeah. And, uh as of this recording the uh there are two YouTube videos that have been posted. Uh Zach from Teenagers with Attitude was part of the panel and uh Graciously, we had some fans who recorded video uh, of the first two rankings that they did. And so that's up on YouTube as well. The actual audio episode of Let's Place for the PAX panel just came out today. Uh, today being January 19th. So when you hear this on Monday, it will have been up for a few days. Um, so, yeah, give it a give it a listen. Uh, they had a pretty good turnout from it from what I've seen and heard. So I'm. Um, Thank you guys for, for coming out and supporting Auto, Audio Entropy. I watched the um, two videos and it was good. It, it was. was a good panel. And they, uh, Luke was very, he had very good timing when it came to like his comedic timing with Zach, I found. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, if for some odd reason you like hearing my voice, and yes, I apologize for listeners last week, I'm getting over a cold, so I've been sounding a bit off lately. Um, if for some reason you like following me, you can follow me on Twitter at Greg C M U N. Uh, I'm in the process of switching jobs right now. So in a couple of weeks time, I'm going to have a new job. Shouldn't affect anything with the podcast, thankfully, but yeah, just figure I let people know that. Um, so yeah, it's been another week for Warren beast. I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. <laughs> I'm Kendall. Let's roll folks. I think Marv Wolfman is Transformers J.J. Abrams. Great. So I, don't, I don't think Hit Me One More Time is stuck in my head, but this theme to Hey Dude is. Wasn't it Oops, did it again that we were doing? <laughs> Whichever. I knew it was one Britney Spears song. <laughs> we're all the same. Okay, bye. <laughs> Before you go, there's something I want you to have. Oh, it's beautiful. But wait a minute, isn't this? Yeah, yes it is. But I thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean in the end. Well, baby, I went down and got it for you. Oh, you shouldn't have.